in a world where literature is dominated by dusty leather-bound books with no pictures. Three men dare to venture to their local comic shop to approach the counter and utter those three magic words. Make mine paperback. Welcome in and welcome back to Make Mine Paperback, a podcast about comic books. And, uh, well, whatever we want to talk about. We're going to talk about some comic books and we're going to talk about one in particular today. I'll introduce that in a second. But first, my lovely co-host with me, as always, our Marvel master, Alex Shear. And our DC daddy, Stephen Shear. Of course, I'm Graham Giles. Oh yeah, that's where <laughs> my nickname would go, pending. but it doesn't exist. <laughs> Patent pending. Yeah. We, we got to get it. it through the copyright office, and it's it's yeah. a lot of paperwork. Yeah. I actually think the longer I go without a nickname, the more fun it is. Um, but yeah, I, I like the idea of just having a blank spot there uh, as a as a place where a nickname could go if I had one. <laughs> All right, Timmy case. Turner's dad, calm down. <laughs> That's right. In any case, uh, this week we are concluding our theme for the month of August. Our theme this month was, and uh, for the moment still is, what I read in my summer break. This week we have Stephen's second book on the theme. Stephen, what are we well, talking Drew, about I'm this I'm so week? glad you asked, because this week we got a special one. We've got uh, Mall Cop. Or Mall Cop, <laughs> oh my gosh. No, we've got uh, Mullet Cop here. Who <laughs> is a Mall Cop? But yeah, so we're reading Mullet Cop. Gosh darn it, I'm not even doing it on purpose this time. We're reading Mullet Cop uh, number one, Rise of the Buffet Warrior from 2021, which was written and illustrated by Tom Lintern. After a near-death experience, Fred, a Mall Cop, goes undercover as a manager at an all-you-can-eat buffet. With the help of his coworkers and a supercomputer microwave called MIT, Mall Industries 2000, he takes on gangs and corporate thugs. The series is episodic, episodic with Fred and his coworkers taking on different gangs, mutants, robots, etc. Each comic. But before we get to that, read. What did you read this week, Graham? What did I read this week? Graham can't um, read. I don't well, know this week. <laughs> That's right. I've been faking it. <laughs> They say fake it until you make it, but I'm not positive I'm ever going to make it. Uh, I uh, I got caught up on Nightwing this week. I had uh, I had missed the last issue, so uh, I, re- I read that one this week. Uh, I've been reading through uh, the Amazing Spider-Man run, um, and I've been digging that. So, that. so there was an issue of that that came out this week uh, that I read. Uh, Do a Power Bomb came out uh, last week. And uh, and that that one's great too. That's uh, if you want to know anything about me and uh, how I read comics, Daniel Warren Johnson. That's uh, love all of it. That's he did that Beta Ray Bill that we read last year. But everything he does, I mean, he's doing uh, Jurassic League right now, which I really like. Um, but this this Do a Power Bomb is my favorite of the three. And everything he does is just like a manic man child, um, writing and drawing his own stuff mostly, and just really, really killing it. Um, so, uh, yeah, if you like professional wrestling or if you just like manic man children, um, I recommend do a power bomb. All right. Is it funny? (laughs) It sounds like it it sounds like it's going to have some humor. It's, it, it is funny. And it's also like, there's a surprising amount of heart in it. Um, so the, the basic backstory is it's a, a girl whose mother is a professional wrestler and um, due to an accident in the ring, uh, the girl's mom loses her life. And so that happens in like the first few pages. Um, and then, of course, we uh, we speed ahead in the future. Well, now this uh, this main character is um, she wants to be a professional wrestler now. And, uh, and and the professional wrestling operates the way it does, like in the real world where it's it's an act. It's not <laughs> I, I hesitate to say it's not real because it is it is real. It's just it just choreographed. Um, and so the uh, so this girl wants to be a professional wrestler, um, and so of course she approaches her mom's old friends, and she finds out that her dad has been going around to her mom's old friends saying, "Don't train my daughter to be a professional wrestler," because he's afraid of the same thing happening to his daughter as to happen to his wife. Um, so she's frustrated with that, and then she gets approached by this like weird, spiky-headed guy. Um, who says, uh, hey, why don't you come wrestle for me 
And it becomes pretty apparent right away that this guy is, like, not from around there. He's some sort of magical demon guy. Um, but this this guy, apparently he gets, like, multiversal television. That's pretty cool. So he's, he's bringing together a multiverse of tag teams to compete in his wrestling tournament. Because he believes professional wrestling is real. Uh, and we find out later that in most universes, it is it is actually like like legit, um, but it just happens so happens that in our universe, it's it's not as real as it is in these other universes. Um, but see, so yeah, this big intergalactic tournament, um, and this magic guy at the center of it. Um, at least at least he said so far he has the power to bring um, our main character's mom back from the dead. So we'll see. Who knows? Interesting plot point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, it's kind of fun because you're like, oh, it's a but story about professional wrestling, and you're like, oh, it's a story. It, <laughs> yeah, that makes it yeah. more exciting. Yeah. How about you, Alex? Um, so this week I took a look at a comic, a comic run called Occupy Comics. Um, there's just three issues, so it was, it was relatively short. Um, but what I've been doing lately is to kind of diversify my comic reading as I've been going on to like the read beyond light comics free whatever and I've just been going down the list and I've just been kind of stop scrolling um so I let it scroll at the page scroll and then whatever my mouse just kind of lands on I'll read um then I just then I can just go into it and just have something new to kind of check out and I think that's actually been a lot of fun doing that I've only done it a couple times but I've actually really enjoyed that because I'm being forced to diver- diversify a little bit more, which is which is nice. But anyway, so I read this thing called Occupy Comics, and this one was really cool because it's these comic storytellers and writers and authors and uh, artists all came together for this series. And um, I, I pulled up the kind of the synopsis here uh, because this this explains it way better than I could. Uh, brings together more than 50 comic professionals to discuss and document themes, goals, and ideals of the Occupy movement while also raising funds to support it. The roster spans from legends like Alan Moore and David Lloyd from V for Vendetta to rising stars like Charlie Adler, The Walking Dead, and then, and you guys are going to love this, Art Spiegelman from Mouse. So it it was really cool seeing all these guys collaborate and just do, do this really cool project. So... I recommend you guys check it out. Uh, it was published by Black Mass Studios. Um, the three comic run came out about four years ago. I was impressed. Uh, you know, it was cool to guy to get to see the diversity of all these guys tell something linear together. Um, and uh, yeah, so I really enjoyed it. And I recommend it for you guys as well. Yeah, and that's a, a very interesting strategy for finding new comics. I like it. I like the yeah, I've, you know, it's uh. And and I literally I just click on a letter, scroll down, and see what happens. So forces me into a different new territory. Yeah, I don't I don't keep sticking just to Marvel that way. I don't just keep sticking to the things that I'm familiar with, the things I'm comfortable with. It takes me out of my comfort zone a little bit more. So yeah, thought it was cool. cool. Yeah. Um, this week I just read. Uh, well, I got caught up on the uh, Batman the Night that Graham lent me. Uh, right through the first six issues, yeah. There you go. I mean, I liked it, like it so far. I think it's uh, it's very well written. And is that the name of it, Batman: The Night That Graham Let Me? Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. the extended title. Yeah, yeah most people that's, just say Batman: The Night, but if you really look below the subtitle, is uh, the one that Graham <laughs> lent me. <laughs> <laughs> the um, yeah, I think they're up to issue eight at this point now on uh, on the night, and it's yeah. uh, I mean, it's pretty cool. I, mean, what do you I think? like it. It's a, it's another take on a young Batman, which I'm sure we've discussed that at another point. But yeah, it's it's interesting. It's another take on Batman, and it's it's interesting to see him <clears throat> kind of at the beginning. And um, and, and you know, it's what's interesting to me about it too is that they kind of because Batman's always supposed to be solitary, and you know, you're kind of learning through this comic a little bit more about why that's the case. Uh, because in this case, he um, you know, let's just say he misplaces his trust a couple times. And so you get to see kind of why maybe he is the way he is. So that was interesting to see, um, you know, why Batman is so solid, you know, solitary. So that was interesting. But also interesting that like, because it is, it's Batman and we kind of see like every time he gains allies, not every time though, but a few times he gains allies, 
he ends up being betrayed by them. But the um, I think it's also interesting that in this in this book we already see him trying to isolate himself mm-hmm. and it doesn't work. It's everywhere he goes yeah. he's still making friends. Like like we talk about like how big the Bat Family is in comics, and uh, in this book he's consistently making mm-hmm. friends and family as he goes through the world, even though he like keeps saying, I want to be alone. <laughs> and then like, he doesn't end up that way. Um, which is kind of fun, kind of fun reflection of yeah. his adult character. I, I think so. So I read that. Um, I read another couple issues of ice cream man. And then that's about it. Really. That was about the conclusion of my reading this weekend. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, we keep up on. Yeah. No, sounds like a good weekend on. of reeking. Yeah. Yeah, I always keep up on my um, subscriptions as well. I, um, you know, every time I go in, it seems like there's a new new poll for me, so I do like to keep up on those as well. Yeah. Um, so, Alex, you mentioned you wanted to kind of get out of your comfort zone, and uh, hopefully this comic from Scout Comics was just that. Dude, what the fuck is wrong with you in picking this comic? <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with you? That's What's hilarious. Wrong with me? <laughs> I was like, I was sitting here like reading this thing, yeah. and one, frankly, I actually really enjoyed it. But it was just, uh, Graham, do you have the soundbite <laughs> off the rails? But I love it. <laughs> well, let's get it going. <laughs> off the rails, but I love it. This one is <laughs> this is an excellent comic, but it's a weird one. There, that that's yeah. your whole show, folks. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> Good week this week, boys and girls. <laughs> well. You know, the, right. the funny thing is, too, is I did, I was like, because I was, when I was kind of getting my notes together for what I want to talk about this week, I went online to see what other people thought, and I found, did find this clip on YouTube, it was like this guy who reviews comics for like five minutes, <laughs> and that was basically all he said, it was like, yeah, this is just a really weird out there story, I mean, it's good, but it's just like... Was his was his name Steven? <laughs> yeah, yep. Nice, nice, yeah. Mm-hmm. Seems like a Steven thing. <laughs> I mean, it but is, no. Uh, it was a it was it was a great book, right? You know, I I actually really enjoyed this a lot. Um, I know we talked a little bit in the pre-show, right, about the different things and the the symbolism. Um, <laughs> Just one symbol. There's only one symbol. Yeah, there, there's a lot of symbols on the like cy symbols on the wall behind Alex. That's why there was a pause there. He's referencing the symbols. Yeah. Behind um, him. But no, I, I think it was. Uh, I think I in in general I actually really enjoyed it. It was very weird. It was very different. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Graham, you're you have notes on it, and I think that sums it up perfectly. I won't take the light from you on that, but yeah, I felt it was very that was a very apt description of uh, of this book. Okay, so you're gonna have to. I have two notes here. Take a guess. Take a <laughs> well, guess which yeah, one I'm talking the about. The doc. So, so, so of the two, I said, I said this reminds me of the adult swim shows from when we were young, and I don't mean like the mainstream ones. Like I don't mean it, it's necessarily like like Family Guy or Futurama. I mean like the ones that are on like at like one, two yeah, like in the morning. Yeah, those <laughs> that you watch when you're in, when you're in eighth grade, and you're like, what is this? Yeah. But it's so funny. And also, yeah, what is that, this? That's what I was referring <laughs> to. I didn't want to steal the, the thunder from you there because that that's literally what it felt like. It felt like I was watching one of those late night TV shows when I'm so exhausted as a, a middle schooler and I'm slap happy and like everything is funny, even though you're like, what is going on? So that's how I felt reading this. It is. This. <laughs> Well, and, it, and it's exactly like that, too, where they were like, you can tell it was a bunch of guys who, like, got stoned and wrote this story. And they're like, wouldn't it be funny? And then they, like, sketched it out on some napkins and put it out in front of them. And they're like, how cool. Then, so then they had those sketches, and they were just like, what could we, what would make this, like, look cool? And they were just like, bright fucking colors. And that's uh, that's yeah. how we ended up with this book. Um I mean, it it was really a fun book, and I, that's what I think. So, like, more more mainstream than this, certainly. But um, uh, Matt Fraction's um, Hawkeye, that I think that book. Um, there, there are a lot of like big influential books out there, but I think that book was really influential uh, for comics recently, in that it said like, hey it's okay to do stuff in comics that's just fun, right? Like, 
we uh we we get re like into the 2000s but really like the 2010s comics really became very cinematic where where every scene was important and every every view that you look at is is an important establishing shot or it's a like like the the cinematography of comics became like really really serious uh because they're trying to show comics as a medium that that can be serious um, and we've had like comics in the past uh, that, that have done a lot to cement the the literature um, of, of the writing of comics, and I, I think that Fraction book does a uh, does a good job of saying like, hey, like we can just take comics, and we can be really fun, and we can do stuff with the art that you can't do in television. You can't even really do in cartoons that well. Um, this like sequential idea of of seeing things the past the present and the future all at once because of the the way the page works um whereas you know because because like cartoons are are sequential and time exists you can't continue to look at the previous panel while you're moving on to the next panel um a comic book can do that and we get a little bit of that in this book where it's it's playing with the medium a little bit to the point where it's it's saying like let's let's just have fun here uh, and, I, and I think it is. I think it accomplishes that goal, and and it is a little bit deeper than it appears on the surface. So yeah. that's nice too. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good way to describe it. It's <clears throat> kind of on your first point. The you know it's it is like a very much like an Adult Swim, just that surreal style of humor where things just happen just because. Like even though it makes no sense, it's just it's just still just funny. Like you can still get behind it. Uh, so you get a lot of that. Um, and yeah, there is definitely some uh, some deeper meanings that we'll we'll get into. I mean, I just wanted to say real quick, it was, it's from a company called Scout Comics, which um, I know we've talked about independent comics before, um, and this is another one that's, like, super uh, into letting the writer do what they want and not really... They just kind of serve as, like, a means to produce, like, mass-produce the artist's vision. And so if you guys yeah. get a chance, if any listeners get a chance to check it out, I would just go to Scout Comics and see what they have available. Actually, a pretty good selection. You um, should uh, scout it out. No, we've scouted it out for them, Alex. We've no, scouted it should, out already. They should, they should check they it out. Go. Therefore, scout it out for themselves. <laughs> Jeez, Graham. No, we've scouted it out. You Jeez, can go check you're not it a, out. No, the scouting's already happened. You don't. No cartography from us. We're a comic you, book podcast review and it, web. And, er, and if you see Stephen after you've checked it out, you and him can make out. And then, I mean, if you see me after you and Stephen make out. <laughs> we can go and get takeout. Takeout, and then Grandma, Grandma, see you, and then turn turn the other way, and we'll and we'll and we'll catch some criminals on the. Oh, okay. Stakeout. I was gonna go. You were gonna walk away because you decided to <laughs> fake out, but that works. <laughs> no, stakeout is better than fake out. <laughs> oh no! I ruined dinner because I left it the just stakeout. Is. It's huh? just better. Ah, got it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Why didn't that vampire die? Because <laughs> I left the steak out. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's our concludes our discussion on Mullet Cop. Uh, if you have any questions, <laughs> right. can direct right. them to Graham or Alex. That's right. That's right. I'm sure you guys now know the whole comic book. You got it. You got it. I mean, <laughs> and if you didn't get it, you yeah. haven't been listening. I mean, here, here's how to summarize it: Roar, bam, bam, bloop. No, he got shot in the head. Oh man! <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. kind of, yeah. yeah shot there. Kind of. So, so what he decided Alex to is... take an early retirement. So, uh, what Alex is uh, referring to, of course, is the almost RoboCop style start that this comic gets. Um, we start in an apocalyptic future. Uh, I think it's the year twenty ninety nine, where there's a war between. Uh, I forget what they say. It's like robots. Not the worlds. And, yeah, robot mutant war. <laughs> yeah. So robots and mutants uh, go to war in the year 2099, and um, <clears throat> basically it's it's a post-apocalyptic landscape where the only real structures that we know of are standing are mega malls, and so yeah, and these giant you know, giant mega malls, like, yeah, like, they're, they're, they're huge. yeah, like yeah, they're basically a city, um, and at least the one we're on we're in is built yeah. on top of an old mall, so <laughs> it's got even more layers, so many layers. <laughs> And so, uh, so at the beginning, our hero and protagonist Fred <coughs> starts off as um, 
<clears throat> just a regular mall cop. He's uh, he serves. He's escorting a game show because there's game shows that are filmed inside the mall. Um, so he's a uh, he's a game show host and uh, he's escorting. Or sorry, he's not a game show host, but he's uh, escorting somebody who just won a bunch of money on a game show. So he's escorting him to the mall and is attacked by the pink dolls, and he is shot. And I mean, pretty much the whole security force is wiped out, but he lives, and kind of that's where the story begins. You know, it's like almost like RoboCop style where he gets basically he's dead and then he gets to come back to life. Um, he gets kind of but I guess he's not like in a robot. Body, right. But. And, and there's a whole there's a well, there's a whole scene about him. Like, like we, we fixed you and um, and he like looks at himself in the mirror and he goes, oh, you did a really good job, except it, it, mm-hmm. my hair is wrong. Which, like, I mean, come on. Well, it's just, it's so on the nose, it's hilarious. He goes, you you got my hair wrong. And he's like, but it's okay, I can cut it. And they go, maybe you shouldn't cut it. It's got a very dry <laughs> sense of humor. Like, it's not, like, it's not like the jokes aren't in your face. It's just like, you just kind of chuckle at the, like, that scene. like the At the stupidity of him. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, because, I mean, he's... No, that's my favorite. So his, his whole unit gets wiped out um and so like they're like you got shot in the head but it's okay like we uh we fixed you and you're gonna be okay and he's like oh cool i'm gonna be okay and then they're like you should go undercover as a as a manager at the all-you-can-eat buffet and he's like i think that's a bad idea but like still things just keep happening like it doesn't matter what people say the events are going to unfold anyway and he ends up here and they go by the way also two of your squad members did survive (laughs) <laughs> and I, I don't remember the one, but they're like, oh, yeah, she's a cyborg now. And this is the the scene that I put on Twitter. And he's, and he's like, oh, she's a cyborg. And then she lasers a poster on the wall. And the, the one guy goes, she can also shoot lasers out of her eyes. And our, our protagonist, Frank, he, said, he says, oh, very nice. And then they say, oh, do you remember Dolores? She, too, was there the night of the ambush. So, like, all of his squad members were dead, except, no, these two were not dead. <laughs> and now, now Dolores is here, and she's wearing like really cool sunglasses. And he says, "Are you a cyborg too, with some some type of cool superpower or something?" And he says, "No, she's just Dolores." <laughs> like, just like... The, everything is just so very. Your whole squad yeah. was wiped out, but not this That's woman. She wasn't wiped out she, because we turned her into a cyborg, and not Dolores. Oh, because she's a cyborg. She's no, just Dolores. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and then, uh... well, and then it just keeps. I mean, as as it gets on, right? I mean, the jokes just get. I don't want to say worse and worse, just more on the nose. Like, who's the little man? I've never seen him before. Like, and it just keeps going and devolving into just like, (sighs) oh god. (laughs) Well, they they make a big deal about the fact that like (laughs) we've made so one. What they they made the microwave out of the microprocessors yep. from his Segway is like the whole, the whole deal. So he loses his best friend mm-hmm. who is a Segway, and then we get the the Night Rider kit. Um, in the uh, oh, th- that's the other thing. This book is all references to like eighties yep. and nineties stuff. That's all it is. <laughs> so we, yeah, we you mentioned some RoboCop earlier. We get some Night Rider stuff. Oh yeah, the uh, the scene at the at the end of him wandering through the like underground mall feels very escape from New York to me. Um, the, uh, so like this whole thing is just a lot of, a lot yeah, of references, yeah. but so we, so we have kit, um, <laughs> but not kit from Knight Rider kit, Mitt. the microwave. <laughs> yeah. When, when you like fire right. it up and you can see like the little, the, yeah, that's exactly yeah. like kit stuff. <laughs> <up. laughs> yeah. And then they're like, okay, also, here's some here's some brown goo that you can put into mitt, oh, and mitt will make I knew any kind of food you part. want. It's like almost like, and a, then they like go, a material thing you're talking about from Star Trek, except like not quite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then they're like, then they're like, also, we brought in this little guy because it's really important to have a chef. I was like, you just spent the last page telling us why it's not important to have a chef because we have this brown goo in the yeah. magic microwave. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, like I love the other things too, right? I mean, just the the little things. You know, he's clearly not that upset that he was shot. He's like, "Oh, I'm still a very good looking man," 
but you changed my hair. And they're like, trust us, it'll save your life. Like, it's just so, like... <laughs> well, it's funny because... Well, I, I also, I also, like, he, he looks like <laughs> yeah. a mall cop, right? He's, 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 he's flabby. He's like, and they, they've got him running on the treadmill afterward. And the chief is like, you shouldn't push yourself so hard. <laughs> you're like, yeah, this guy looks like he really pushes himself. <laughs> I mean, it, a lot of it is that. A lot of it is, like, treating him like he's a grizzled cop. And he keeps going, like, I'm not going to do that. And then... Even though he, he says no, it just happens. Like the, again, events just happen to this dude. It doesn't matter what he says. Doesn't matter what his protests are. Events are gonna yeah, happen. Yeah, to and Frank. he just he just agrees to do everything. He's just like, yep, sounds good, <laughs> pretty much. Um, well, <laughs> well, I mean, at first when he wakes up, we we spend most of the book with Frank going, "I'm not gonna do that," and then doing it. <laughs> so he keeps saying like i'm not gonna do that and he's like i'm not gonna dress up like some fast food worker and then he's he's dressed up like a fast food yep. worker. literally the next panel <laughs> he's like i want to cut my hair and he doesn't cut his oh, hair yeah so i have to imagine <laughs> yeah. though that's because like th- they think that the mullet's gonna like hide his identity which to me is just like funny because that's like you know superman wearing glasses to hide his identity <laughs> like the only difference between him is just a mullet now yeah. <laughs> no he's unrecognizable I don't know, man. I, you know, to, to, to add on to that, right? How many times have we, like, celebrities and stuff, have they, like, changed up something about their look, like, their hair, and you're like, is that? Who is that? Like, you have to do a double take. So, like, maybe a mullet's the way to go. I don't know. Mullets are making a comeback. Well, they, well, they, they say the big thing is, like, the, um, it's yeah. context, right? Like, the, the reason people wouldn't, suspect clark kent is superman is because like clark kent's the guy i work with every day and like yeah sure he he he, you know bears a passing resemblance to superman but like come on he's the reporter i sit next to like it couldn't be superman and like you know that cop that we shot in the face who's definitely dead (laughs) like he didn't have a mullet he didn't work for the fast food place it's definitely not like maybe he looks like him but it's definitely not this guy (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah um yeah so we got uh we got fred um so he's just been kind of made into a RoboCop. He gets uh he still has a Segway though, I believe, <laughs> with like machine gun turrets on it. So he does. No, so the, there's the scene. There's the scene where he's like, oh, "Where's yeah. my Segway?" And they're like, "We turned him into the microwave." And yeah. so then he has to steal yeah, another so cop's Segway. <laughs> so it's kind of there's a lot of symbolism, and, and we'll get to some of it too. But um, so basically, there's these gangs that uh, control like entire wings of the malls called the Pink Dolls, and so he's kind of being sent to kind of infiltrate not really infiltrate them but uh kind of bring them to justice so to speak and so then that's when we get you know a pretty cool action scene <laughs> a pretty ridiculous a- action sequence of him fighting the pink dolls in the abandoned part of the mall because as we mentioned before there's just malls built on top of malls mm-hmm. and so he uh then he gets his segue back um and and he gets and he defeats the uh pink dolls with the help of his um you know, I'm at Mitt, and then Dolores and the the cyborg help him out as well. So, I mean, that's that's pretty much the story. <laughs> but um, one of the things that I, I think is funny is just that there's a microwave. I mean, there's a lot of symbolism in here, and, and one of them that I noticed was the microwave. Um, it's just like, you know, just our like as a society, we're very much into things that are quick and convenient, and I can't think of anything mm. to like represent that more than the microwave. The microwave, just like the ultimate, yeah. and like you know, just easy quick cooking you know just you know no no thought no process there's just <laughs> just a microwave um but <laughs> yeah and then uh of course like the, the malls being built on top of malls to me was just you know like kind of like instead of fixing cities and that we just like build new stuff over old stuff instead of fixing the old stuff like they do in you know like in europe and whatnot yeah yeah, I, I you know for me I love the the and we talked about it in the pre-show. I really love the scene where he's on the game show, mm-hmm. or the 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 pages where he's on the game show and he's like wandering through the abandoned mall, um, and he stumbles into I guess what you would call a GNC of our time. And, oh you know, yeah. Then he's eating like yeah. the bodybuilding powder, <laughs> and he's like, the you know, he's reading it. Eating. He's like, yeah, does it come in strawberry? 
Like, <laughs> like <laughs> well, it's, it's it's hilarious. He's gonna eat this protein, and it's gonna give him the strength to beat up these gang members. <laughs> just like, come on, <laughs> like, like I, you know, that's when I chuckled. I'm like, really, you're worried about the flavor and not, you know, what's gonna keep you alive. Um, but I mean, just the the whole thing, and then I think he fights one that has like Wolverine claws. And he just like breaks him in half. Yeah, <laughs> just like, he's like what? Yeah, he even? <laughs> just like breaks him over his knee or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thanks to the protein powder. <laughs> I'm like, can you imagine? I would love to have that kind of protein powder. Just like I can just do things like that. Well, and then the guys are like flying through the air with like chainsaws and stuff. <laughs> like it's just, it's just absolutely insane yeah and i love the segway battle too when uh <laughs> yeah when uh the cyborg actually gets to use her laser eyes that that to me is just funny because it's, it's kind of like what we we talked about earlier where it's just like if you're just into like i mean because comics can be you know whatever they want and this one is just like ridiculous for the sake of it and if you can just kind of get be you know if you just can get in get on with that idea then you can enjoy some of the like mindless action sequences mm-hmm. um there is a another one yeah. <laughs> there's another one after this i think it's called like flavor of like flavor of something i don't know what it's called it's like flavor of justice or something but that one's also excellent um but like you see references <laughs> to foam in this uh comic and so they're uh they're kind of like an evil corporation that like make these products that like send people into shopping frenzies um because to me that's what uh you know, his book was very funny. Overall, I think that's what they were going for. But as Graham said, there's some deeper themes in there. And one of them is just commentary on consumerism. I mean, it's just kind of right there with, uh, you can see it at the mall. And it's just like in the post-apocalyptic world, is that's what we're still worried about, is where we're going to spend our money. <laughs> it's like right. of all the you know things to think about. Um, well, for me, I, something I thought was really cool was that like, towards the end of the book, right, they, they put the map of what was going on. And I know that like we've we've talked about that in different comics before, but I really loved that they included the map so that you just had like a better kind of layout of the world mm-hmm. and not even just the mall. Like I I, I love well, that when they do that. I loved that in the back of my Lord of the Rings books growing up. I loved the maps. I loved that in the back of the Aragon books growing up. I loved that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's just fun cuz yeah. you you feel like there there's a real mm-hmm. world here and even though the story hasn't explored these corners of it yet, I know that there are corners yeah, to explore. Yeah, it is interesting to see, too, what um, was going... Because, like, like, the artist, probably in their mind, or the... I guess he's the artist, illustrator, writer, everything. So, it's like, in their mind, you know, there's just, like, this big world. So, it's interesting to see them actually, like, you know, put a picture to it instead of just describing yeah. it through text. It's interesting to see that they actually had a vision there. Um, but what what did you guys think of the artwork here? <laughs> bro it's kind of trippy i'm not yeah. like like it's just it's great like i love i love what they did and i love that it's basically like four colors yeah and no variant whatsoever from that <laughs> but it's just like the it's 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 kind of trippy to me man oh it's great it's 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 the old school yeah like like four color comic where they like you know, the more colors we have in this thing, the more expensive yeah. it's going to be to print. Um, even though, like, it's not not necessarily as true nowadays, but they still go ahead and, uh, yeah, limit the colors here. Everything does look mm-hmm. very 80s. I think it's a, re- <laughs> the, uh, I think it's a requirement it's a that fun. if you have a mall scene in anything ever, it's got to be set to the 80s. <laughs> like, like, the yeah. mall, like the 80s yeah. were malls. That's, that's 100%. <laughs> like, but yeah, definitely. Well, it it is. This is one hundred percent too. It's like, like all the fashion and stuff. It's like what people in the eighties would have imagined fashion well, might I be like just... in the future. Where it's like, I was you heard it described as what? Thought, but when I was reading to find notes, I heard it described as cyberpunk. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah, a little bit. But or, although, like like cyberpunk is one of those things that like, it. It's it it has different definitions depending on what era you're imagining mm-hmm. cyberpunk from. Um, whereas this, it's like cyberpunk, but again, like everybody looks like they've just yeah. dropped out of the eighties. Well, like a, like it's another way like... too. It's like in um, it's kind of like in Fallout when like everything is from the fifties and it's also in the future. 
Yeah. Which I think that's called retro futuristic. Right. So it's almost like it's retro futuristic. Very much so. Yeah, that's yeah. a good way to put it. Yeah. But it's like you very like in in Fallout like it's very much the the clothing style is very advanced because of the, the vault yeah. suits things like that. But like the music is all the <laughs> all the fifties eras. Whereas I feel like these guys are listening to like the Ghostbusters soundtrack oh, while they're yeah. doing all this. Just the most eighties like, stuff you can. That's imagine. all I could think of was the <laughs> Ghostbusters soundtrack. Reading this whole thing, <laughs> now I'm gonna do the read yeah. that, that playing in my head. <laughs> Dude, right? Just you know, do 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 do. Right? Yeah, I, do, I mean uh, it'd be awesome. Yeah. Graham, I, I include like that the... for the soundboard next week. The Ghostbusters <laughs> theme. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Next week when we're not talking about this comic, <laughs> why not? Let's put that on there. <laughs> Just hold it down the whole show, just subtly in the background. <laughs> um, but I was going to say, yeah, I, I do like their choice of colors. I think they're still able to draw a lot of um, – the, the line work is very good. They're still able to get a lot of detail in there. Yeah. But I do like the use of, uh, I don't know, blues and pinks. I think it, I think it's very well done. I think the – I think muted color palettes can work. I mean, I know a lot of people like a lot of bright – I like bright, vibrant colors normally, but I think muted color palettes can work. And in this case, it definitely definitely helps the story. Mm. Um, and I thought he did a good job <laughs> considering he did all the work. Um, plus, too, if you guys get the if you guys ever had a physical copy, it's uh, it's kind of like the um, saga books where they're like glossy too, so it makes the colors look oh, okay. cooler. That's fun. Yeah. So, Stephen, yeah. I, I gotta ask, where did you find this book? Was I like obviously? I know Graham talked about having the hardest time finding it online. Where did you find this book? Like, you have a physical copy then. Yeah, yep, right here. Um, nice. Yeah, it was just at, uh, was oh, at our comic go. store, and I think it was a featured comic one week. And so okay, piqued our curiosity. Piqued my curiosity, okay. so. Very nice. Yep. Well, you guys hear that. Go to your local comic shops to uh, find Mollet Cop. Well, if you're on the hunt for something. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that I've read any other Scout comics, but I do remember coming across them as a publisher. Um, for our for our independent comics month a few months ago, um, so I, I have heard of them, uh, but this is our first foray into them, and I've uh, I mean yeah. I, I dig Mullet Yeah, Cop. to it's me it's just like it's a book that if you don't like it's not something that you would take seriously, and in that like you wouldn't like you wouldn't say like this is you know like philosophical or like this is important for art, but it's just like I think comics should just be fun, kind of like we've talked about before where. It's just like there's no rhyme or reason behind it. It's just, right. you know, from one point to the next. And and I, I don't I, know. I thought it was very philosophical. Well, if, I mean, if you yeah. if if you like the '80s and you yes. like parodies of yeah. the '80s, it's great. It's great for that. There's a, there's a scene here that I had to pull up. It's the um, it's right before we learn that. I, so I found out the lady's oh, name yeah. is Miss Parker. Yeah, that's what yeah. what she's referred to as. Uh, but she comes back as a cyborg. But right before that, she calls Fred back into the uh, into the buffet because he's stormed out. He's <laughs> mad that the, about this buffet, and, uh, and so she calls Fred back into the bu- buffet and she says, "What's this? I heard you took off crying. Get your ass back here!" <laughs> Which is just like, yeah, that is true. That feels very eighties. Uh, that's, that's pretty much yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So Alex's favorite scene was the protein powder. Your favorite scene was that. I'm trying to think of what my favorite scene is. Oh, man. <laughs> I, the just... line that still kills me while you're thinking, are you a cyborg too? Some type of cool superpower? No, she's just Dolores. That might be my favorite part. <laughs> it's no, just so good. It's just so dry, which is just so funny. No, no, no she's just Dolores. <laughs> I also love the like Fred first hugs Miss Parker. I love that whole like like scene right there. Fred first hugs Miss Parker when he first comes back, and he's like, "You're so cold, I can barely <laughs> feel my hands." Like, <laughs> like she's a cyborg, but she must be really cold. He can't feel his hands. She can also shoot lasers out of her eyeballs. Oh, I just very love that nice. too. It's just like, <laughs> like a, yeah, just like a side thought. Yeah. Oh yeah, she can shoot lasers out of her eyes. Well, and just his reaction is so oh nice, like yeah. it's so nonchalant. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> no, was... this is a good one, Stephen. Good. Good. I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. I mean, there's not a ton of uh, meat on the bone, but it's still a good, 
good comic to read. I mean, if there's anything else, you don't need else, a lot of meat. No. You don't need a lot of meat to enjoy it, though. That's the exactly. Thing, right? Yeah, it's not a it's not a filling meal. It's just a snack. <laughs> You're a snack. Junk food. <laughs> All right, Alex. I appreciate the uh, appreciate it. It's called a compliment, Stephen. You yeah, can say I appreciate the compliment. Drink the water. Is that what you want me to tell you? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Except I'm short. So what are you really trying to say? <laughs> That's right. You're a short glass of liquor. There we go. <laughs> better, better description. Oh no, this is a good one this week, Stephen. I actually really enjoyed this. So solid good. pick. Good. Yeah, I enjoy it too. There's a, there's another one. I think there's just one more out. It's called Molokop One again, but the cover is pink and. Um, I have it right here. It's uh, this is the other one. Yeah, the flavor of danger. (laughs) That one's even that one. That one's even harder to find. Like, I think I I looked for it, and I one I couldn't find a digital copy of it, and two, it's available on Amazon. And when I went on last night, there was one left (laughs) on all of Amazon. There was one. (laughs) Wow. I'll have to lend it to you next time we uh, hang out. It's supposed to um. (laughs) Before I forget, it's actually going to be made into a cartoon, and there's somebody that's like semi-important making it. I can't remember. I was going to say, um, I, as I was reading this, it felt very cartoonish, and it needed hmm. to be a cartoon. So I'm glad that yeah. somebody's doing that. Yeah, I'm trying to see if I can find. Oh wait, yeah, Molokov's become an animated series. Yeah, let's see if I can find him. But yeah, it's going to be. I think it would only. So, so guesses on on the famous name attached to it. My guess. Oh, it's, so it's at James Butler of Animaniacs. Um, <laughs> oh, nice. Kevin Kevin Biggins oh, yeah. of Family Guy, and somebody Adriel Garcia from a show called Unikitty. Kelsey Grammer. No, not Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> but, I mean, it's got someone from Family Guy and Animaniacs, so it's got a yeah, that's gonna have some decent pop name. to it. Yeah, yeah. And check that out. I don't. I, the uh, those guys are are producing it, or those guys, who, who are those guys to that uh, show? They're producers. So uh, James Butler's the writer, um, and Kevin Biggins is the showrunner, and then Adriel is the director. Okay. Yeah, we'll have to check that out. I mean, I feel like they're gonna have to wait for a few more issues to come out before they, you know, start to fill the episodes. But maybe they've got some ideas up their sleeves. But yeah, I mean, if there's any, is there anything else you guys thought was particularly interesting from the comic before we wrap it up? I mean, I, I do recommend <laughs> people pick this one up. I don't, I haven't read the uh, the second first <laughs> issue, but uh, the uh, um, I mean, if you want to pick that one up, I I think you probably have to go to Stephen's house. I think that's the last <laughs> one in existence. I'll anymore, uh, I'll pick up like all those at the comic shop, if there's still some. It's all yeah. If uh, if there's a couple extra, grab us both yeah. one because uh, I'll definitely That's I'll gross. definitely add that to the stash. All right, That's I'll right. at least have to get you guys the flavor of danger one if it's yeah. that hard to find. Because that one, uh, I really hope danger. the guy. I, I mean, I do, I do think. <laughs> so I so I say that, but I do think flavor of danger. You can order it from okay. the Scout Comics website. So if if you do, if you're listening to the show and you want the flavor of danger. Uh, unfortunately, the digital copy isn't on the website right now, but you can get a physical copy of it. Um, and I think you can get it shipped to you from Scout Comics. Um, let's see. I'm going to pull it up right now. Scout Comics. Yeah, it's funny. So like, so you see right here, right? It says Scout Comics number one, right? <laughs> and then you open it up, and it says issued episode two. <laughs> it's like... Yeah, <laughs> it's like they're just like making a mockery of like everything. I'm so here for it. Yeah. Oh, and then then this one, the uh, uh, evil leader of Foam Industries, comes back. He's just like a brain that's been kept alive for this long, and he gets put in a robot body. <laughs> yep. That's awesome. That's a good one. <clears throat> so yeah, it looks like you can get Mullet Cop, the flavor of danger, um, and you can. Uh, get it shipped to you straight from scout comics so perfect there you go you guys need a good indie comic yeah well i i mean i like pretty much all indie comics so let's see and shipping to me 
is going to cost six bucks. So the book costs seven bucks. Shipping costs six bucks. Maybe you buy some other stuff so yes, that you don't that get killed insane. with shipping. It's <laughs> <laughs> as much as the comic. <laughs> yeah. So, with that, we've got the end of August, which means that I believe September. <laughs> we no longer get to revel in our summer September vacation. Back yeah. to school, boys and girls. Yeah. That's right. Back to school, boys and girls. <laughs> and uh, as we go back to school, Alex is going to be driving that bus. <laughs> so, uh, beep, beep. Alex, <laughs> Fasten your seatbelt. That's right. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, Otto. Where we're going, we don't need seatbelts. <laughs> That's right. Except, except in the places where we do. So pay attention to your bus driver, and he'll let you know when to buckle. <laughs> don't up. buckle up. <laughs> That's right. This extended metaphor is making less and less sense. Uh, so I'm just gonna throw that over to Alex. Alex, uh, month of September. What's our theme, and what are we gonna be talking about next week? We're doing cringe tastic comics, comics with some extremely cringe moments. Uh, so the first one that uh, we're kicking this month off with. It's going to be The Amazing Spider-Man number 509, Sins Past Part 1. I'm obviously not going to spoil the cringe for you guys in this one, but essentially Mary Jane auditions for a play. The director's like, hey, here's some notes, and also here's the gig. Um, they're celebrating this, uh, the landing of the show with Aunt May, and then all of a sudden Peter gets a letter from a dead Gwen Stacy, um, and part of the letter's missing. He goes to visit the grave, and all of a sudden, he is fought by by some bad guys who fight Peter Parker and not Spider-Man. So, again, this one's got a really cringe moment. I'm excited to see if you guys can point it out. Um, written by J. Michael Strakinski, uh, artist Michael Diado Jr., colorist Matt uh, Mila. It's a, it's, a, it's a good read. I uh, thumbed through it a little bit while I was trying to come up with this month's theme and uh yeah there's there's some cringe so uh I'm excited to see what you guys come up with this month for <laughs> our cringe comics yeah yeah that sounds uh I like this one cuz I mean it feels like we don't acknowledge that there are comics out there that are not so good and it's because we like to talk about good comics right like we don't we don't care and so for much. For gosh sake, watch <laughs> your language. Cramps, cramps. Sound effects board just went crazy. <laughs> your board is pissed at you. It's sentient Ooh. now. It's coming for you. Yeah. Careful now. Your board is so mad at you. <laughs> so, that's right. well, I was trying. That's unfortunately, I have my uh, I have my soundboard mapped to my uh, number pad, and so I was trying to type in uh, Amazing <laughs> Spider-Man number five hundred nine because I wanted to figure out what year it came out. But when you hit 509, there's like three different, uh, well, three different sounds at play. So, congratulations on that and the tour of the soundboard. Um, anyway, Amazing Spider-Man number 509 came out mm -hmm. in 2004. So this cringe fest is not so old. Uh, in case you were wondering, nope, it is not. Yeah, I am excited to read some bad comics. Gotta love it. Excited to read some. We're bad doing comics. it intentionally. Well, as I was saying, it's yeah. the. Uh, yeah, well, we, we normally on the show we we cover comics that are good because we want to talk about comics that are good, and I, I think sometimes when you think all comics are good, that's what leads to the the over criticizing of comic books. But it's nice to remind yourself that there are there are some truly bad comic books out there, um, and just so you can appreciate the good ones that uh, that you get to read, and so. I'm excited for a month of that, and no more. No more. <laughs> <laughs> Done. October. All right, let's move on. That's right. We exactly one month of that. We can uh, use it as a palate cleanser, and then get right back into good books after that. So join us next week as we're uh, starting our cringe fest uh, for September. Uh, and uh, I mean, really. We hope that you enjoy cringy moments, and if, if you don't enjoy cringy moments, uh, we hope that you can you know, bear it with us. Uh, maybe skip this month if you're not into cringy moments in comics. Um, but I think I think we should all revel in the uh, in the cringiness and um, see how many times I can say cringe throughout the month of September. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed. 
We hope that you enjoyed talking about uh, Mullet Cop. We hope that you grow out a mullet. Uh, just because we had this episode. Uh, if you do grow out a mullet, share it with us on Twitter at Make Mine Paperback, on Instagram at Make Mine Paperback. Show it to Alex. Slide into his DMs with that mullet at Aishir90. Um, and where you, uh, you can uh, you know show it to... Don't show it to me, actually. Just ignore me completely on Twitter. Um, the best Graham mullet picture Giles. gets a dick pic. Um, and if by you want... a dick pic, I mean a picture of Richard Nicken. Nixon. <laughs> yeah, that was a, that was a Freudian slip. There, you get a picture of Richard <laughs> Nickett. Um, <laughs> with that, <laughs> with that, um, and a, a guarantee that nobody is going to check us out on social media. We hope that you go to your local comic shop. We hope you approach the counter. And we hope you tell the person at the counter, "Make mine paperback." We probably won't see you next week. <laughs>